Yup. And welcome back. Welcome back, me. Welcome back, you. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. We have a special episode today. We are covering two decades of Knicks basketball. Oh, he shoots himself in the face. Um, no, this we we started out the end of the end of the year. We had three games this week. The Knicks go one and two. We're playing competitive basketball. We're happy with Mike Miller. Uh, the Golden Globes are on. We'll probably talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about me getting my teeth removed, and if I pass out during this, Greg, you take the reins. Speaking of that, I am joined by Greg Poon, Big Baby David. Let's talk Knicks. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. Happy New Year's, guys. Um, I saw everyone going back and forth on the internet. Is it not New Year's with an S? Are people really mad about that? Or do I need to just unfollow accounts? Or what was that? I think it's New Year's with an apostrophe S. Okay, so it's an apostrophe thing. All right, well, Happy New Year apostrophe S to everyone. Um, Good to be back, boys. I think this is my first podcast of 2020. I've I've taken a little bit of a break, and as a normal 30-year-old does, I had my wisdom teeth removed on January 2nd, uh, so that was a good time. It was actually pretty hilarious. They, they scheduled a two-hour appointment, and I didn't know that, so I walk in, and I'm like, I'm kind of dreading this. I'm 30 years old. I shouldn't have my wisdom teeth being removed. Um. And they go, all right, it's going to be two hours. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because they weren't knocking me out. They were just giving me laughing gas and numbing me up. So I was like, I got to be conscious for two hours while this dude's in my mouth back to college. Um, (laughs) And we, we get in there. The first, the first 20 minutes is me signing a waiver that, like, if they kill me, it's cool, which that's bullshit. <laughs> um, like, no. I, I, uh, you're not okay with that. Yeah. The next, the next five minutes were them explaining what's going to happen. They go, anesthesia, numb me. It took two minutes to yank the teeth. I was done. I was in and out in 30 minutes. Um, I asked if I, like, fainted or anything. They were like, no, that was super easy. So that was cool. The next day kind of sucked. Um, big fan of Advil right now, and I can talk again. So happy New Year's to me, Greggy Poon, GP3. How you doing? How was your New Year's? Happy New Year's to you. I uh, I had a good New Year's. I went to Brooklyn, hung out with my friends from college. Nice. Uh, it was a good time. Fun. Fun was had. I got my wisdom teeth out a few years ago. I, they knocked me out though. It was yeah, Dr. right. Doctor McNeish did it. I yeah. Think. He did a he did a couple of mine, but I guess not all of them. It was really bizarre. But how are you? How's your Knicks life, Greg? Are you are you in a happy state? Like we can watch kind of basketball games now when we want. Yeah, I mean it it comes and goes. We we this week we we won a basketball game. We look like a real basketball team, and then we we're competitive in two others. So it's it's up and down. As as okay. I mentioned to you earlier, I. I had been hosting in your absence while you were traveling the world to California right. and skiing every every day, apparently. Uh, yeah. And I had I had strayed, and I had tried to push everyone away from talking Knicks generally and just seeing what they were. Just talk about life and things that entertain me. So we'll we'll see where <laughs> I, we'll see if I can I can push you over the edge as well <laughs> while you <It's> host. <laughs> 
it's turned it's turned into a lifestyle podcast. I kind of like that. And I was with that when David Fisdale was still the head coach, and I I pulled a, a Jakey Superstat that you'll hear later in the episode. Jakey Superstat. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, and speaking of superstats, Big Baby David, the BBD, how are you doing? As I know we talked a little before the show, you had some eventful things happen. I don't know what you want to dive into. Uh, how how are you doing, or how are you not doing? I'm just doing okay. You weren't uh, here when I said that last week, and I'm so proud of it. Nice. Um, uh, you know, not not too bad. Got a parking or not parking ticket, uh, a speeding ticket this week. Uh, so that was no good. Um, first one, right? Yeah, first time getting pulled over. Cried a bit. Nice. Um, so they took they took it a little easy on me. So I had to to mail in like 150 bucks today after whatever fees and shit. Yeah. Uh, so that that part's no good. Stings a little, but uh, other than that, fun new year. Got together with my college friends. Um, yeah. Perfect. And your your Knicks life is pretty good, or what? They're definitely playing basketball, which I haven't always been able to say. Yeah. 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 So that's that's kind of nice. It was unrecognizable at some points. <laughs> it now it really it, was. It's definitely basketball now. Yeah, oh yeah, I, uh, they've got basketball and the <laughs> other stuff too. Uh, yeah, again, I mean, wait—you're gonna want to hear Jakey's super stat later. Um, and let's let's get the Nick stuff out of the way so we can start talking Golden Globes or or maybe more about my teeth removal. Um, we had three games this week, fellas. Um, we played the Portland Trailblazers. We beat. We like blew them out. Um, one seventeen to ninety three, in the Garden. Mellow's return that was pretty fun. Uh, Julius Randall has a has a big game. Oh my God, I I can't wait to talk about the Julius Randall <laughs> Kawhi comparison that we tweeted out later. That killed me. Um, but guys, this was fun. Like the Knicks, the Knicks were kind of, you know, they were winning this game. They were up a couple points, and you were almost expecting either Mellow to go nut job. Uh, I mean, we should say, uh, or no, excuse me, um, you know, Lillard, McCollum, you're expecting one of them to go off and kind of have that Knicks switch <laughs> that we've been accustomed to the past few years. But no, the Knicks actually run away with it. They win the fourth 34-16. to 16. Julius Randle, 22-13. and 13. Marcus Morris, 18-7. and 7. Um, Off the bench, we've got big games from Bobby Portis and double 11s. Mitchell Robinson, 11-11 from the field for 22. Um, Big Baby David, what were your your thoughts? What were your takeaways from this game? Uh, Mitchell Robinson was was my main takeaway. Uh, Didn't miss a shot, 11 of 11. I think all of them, or almost all of them were dunks uh, and like a couple layups. Uh, which is, you know, what he's supposed to make. Uh, but they were a lot of fun, and the dunks were rather ferocious. Vivacious. That was Frank. Super scintillating sensational. Yes. What, what, was, uh, what was Mitch Rob's thing after the game, or was it before the game that he's like, yeah, we scrimmaged and we lost, but, but so then I just turned it on. What, what did he say? It was uh, nothing I like I that. I caught the full quote. It was, I didn't, it was, I didn't catch it was, that either. It was nothing like that quote, but it was also like, hey, man, if you if you have that on switch, just go get it. Um, 
But yeah, Mitch Mitch was pretty awesome in this game. Frankie with 10 helpers too. I left that out of plus 23. Um Greggy, who, who who jumped out for you, bud? There's a there's a few things jumping out at me. Like you just mentioned, Frank, uh 23 minutes, 9 points, 10 assists, 3 rebounds, just doing it all. Zero turnovers. And um he had a dunk, which was good. Um he just blew right past CJ McCollum and dunked it during that fourth quarter when we were blowing him starting to run away with it, and that was really the, the exclamation point. Then earlier in that, I think there was, there was a point when we were up five or six, and he just kind of semi-transition. I mean, everybody was moving back. We weren't, we weren't on a fast break, and he just, like, swaggily pulled up for three a little deep, and he hit that, which was – you just don't see him doing that. And he was playing with a lot of confidence. He looked great. Did you call uh, that Frank's swaggiest shot ever? It was, and then wow. he dunked it later. I mean – not a lot of competition, but that was swaggy. Yeah, it was. It was. It was one of those shots where if he missed it, everyone been like, "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> Frank <laughs> tried that, <laughs> and he missed it. <laughs> that was one of those shots that you just have to make if you're going to take it, and he did. Uh, and a couple like two other, minutes later, the dunk, and two minutes later, the dunk. A couple other things. Marcus Morris. I think he started this game over over the first half. I think it was like over seven. He came back. Uh, I think he put up fifteen or something in the third quarter. So then you felt pretty good going into the fourth quarter. The Knicks were still only a single-digit lead at that point. Um, felt good, though. And then you were, like, trying to you, – you assumed we were just going to try to wait, tread water during the minutes while Marcus Morris was on the bench. But then they just blew him out during that time in the fourth quarter, and then we, we, we won. We won the basketball game. Lastly – no, you go ahead. I was going to say, did I bury the lead here? Was this the return of Reggie Bullock, or was that before that? I'm trying to figure that out as well. I, no, I think this, I this think was this the was debut. First. This was it. That's who I was going to mention as well. Reggie Bullock just came back three for five from three, just looked good, looked like a basketball player. And both ends just can shoot a jump shot, can play defense. And we, we – we immediately said, wow, this guy's good, and he's on a good deal because he was injured. Yeah, are we? I, I know we were running hot because this was, what, New Year's Day. Um, we we played well. Reggie Bullock looked good. Um, I think we had some fake MVP discussion in our Knicks chat. Um, I, I guess do I, let, let's save the full Reggie Bullock conversation, but I, I know, you know, three games in, He's he's looked like a competent basketball player, which again we I still have this trouble with this Fizdale, what basketball looked like with Fizdale and what we're looking at now. But uh, yeah, Reggie Bullock under under the good contract is is a really interesting thing with the trade deadline approaching, which will be a big topic uh, as the season goes and when we talk about uh, what Marcus Morris did to the Clippers in a little bit. Uh, but it was good. It was good to see Reggie Bullock on the court, and and I think we were kind of scared because we had Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington kind of in the same bucket coming into the season, and we've been so poisoned <laughs> by what we've seen from Wayne Ellington that I think when Reggie Bullock came back, we were kind of like, ah, okay, but he's looked solid. He's a real basketball player, and yeah. like Wayne Ellington, by contrast, has just been a, a chucker the whole time we see him and and like he tries the efforts there. So that's good, which, you know, has not always been a thing you could say about the Knicks is that they're all trying. Uh, So Wayne Ellington has tried, but he just 
looked bad anytime he tried to do anything where Bullock just comes back from this injury that like was kind of career threatening or season threatening and is already like one of our six best players. And it's, it's very funny that we're all on the same page where we're like, okay, we signed two shooters, Ellington and Bullock. Bullock. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. Ellen Ellington's been terrible, so we have to assume Bullock will be terrible as well. But now he's back and he's pleasant. Great. Bullock. I think he's I think he's healthier than Ellington right now. I guess Ellington's back, but who knows? Should we try to figure out how to say his name? It's it's Bullock. Is that right, everybody? Bullock. I'm not sure. Like that was a huge thing, and I I'm one of those guys. I get more confused the more I hear the right answer. Yeah, so I know Mike Breen said something about the pronunciation guide. They changed it, and I feel like they were all yeah. saying Bullock. It used but. to be Bullock, and at some point it changed on the pronunciation guide to Bullock, but I just can't get my mouth to say Bullock easily because it just sounds like a weird name. I, I think I'm going to try to remember by using the Key and Peel skit, skit where he calls Blake Bullocke. Mm, I, I that think that's helps. what I'm going with, Bullocke. <laughs> Um, That's perfect. Someone yeah, I, tweeted a picture of or a video of uh, of him getting a steal or a block or something mm-hmm. today, and uh, they said block down defense. So Ooh. that kind of helps a little bit. Okay, right. that's pretty cool. All right. um, if you if you mispronounce it, you have to put five dollars in the jar from yeah. for the rest of the season. Five dollars. Let's, let's not tell Kenny and Tom. Ten. Ooh, ten push-ups. Um, Okay, yeah. I mean, what is there anything else you guys need? I guess we should do a little bit on Mello. Mello comes back. <laughs> he played pretty good. Uh, 26 and 7, 11 of 17 from the field. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm in this whole – I was never – I liked Mello when he was on the Knicks, obviously, because like we've talked about, the Knicks have been brainwashed, and Mello's a really good basketball player. I have now turned into this almost Mello defender – um, as as the world has slowly turned against him. Um, it was good to see Mello in the garden. I, I guess there's good memories there still for me. Uh, was it the same for you guys? Love Mello. Always good memories seeing him. And he was dominant for the most part. I mean, as dominant as you can be in a, in a loss, which I guess is, is what we were yeah. accustomed to. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 But 26 on efficient numbers, 11 for 17. He was just bullying people, whoever was guarding him. He was just backing them down and doing whatever. And uh, I know Breen mentioned it. He had his trademark, zero assists. <laughs> yeah. Seven good. boards. Kind we of the come. only guy that showed up for them. Yeah. We didn't We didn't come to see Carmelo pass it. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my we... memories of Melo are good. Uh, you know, best player I get to watch consistently ever. Uh, so... That in and of itself is good. You think about it, the Knicks made the playoffs a few times and hovered right around 500 every year uh, and averaged out to about there every year that he like fully played, So, uh, besides the couple really bad years, I guess. So it doesn't sound good, but then you think about what the rest of this millennium has been, and that's like far and away the best part of this uh, 20-year stretch for the Knicks. So millenniums decades talking years on this podcast the trailblazers might have had a little bit of the new york flu now that i'm looking at the box score a little bit dame had a pretty rough game uh mccollum 
also kind of rough. Yeah, I'll give credit to the defense. Sure, why not? Um, you know what? We mentioned uh, on the last pod when we were doing our predictions that they would probably be at one oak. Yeah, celebrate, right? Celebrating yeah. the new year. No, we assume that came true. How about that? Um, so we, we take down the Jailblazers. Remember that? That was a fun team. Um, we go and we go to beautiful Phoenix to play the Suns in, in what was a, uh, a tight game for a little bit. Phoenix pulls away at the end. Knicks, actually, I mean, Knicks had a nice first quarter, 37 points. Phoenix chips away at it. They, they kind of dominated the second half a little bit. Um, Bobby Portis, this was a, a Bobby Portis game. I know uh, our guy Macri, he was tweeting like, hey, is this game just a Bobby Portis exhibition? And he's like, no, Bobby Portis just shoots, babe. Um, Alfred Payton's out there doing 15 and 6. 25 for Marcus Morris because all he's done has get buckets this entire season, which um, I don't know, shouldn't surprise me anymore. Uh, Kelly Oubre, a lot of Aaron Baines threes. Devin Booker with a casual 38. Uh, Greg, your Phoenix Suns thoughts? Um, we so we were winning by 10 or whatever at halftime, and so it all it all felt good. We we had we'd won three in a row, I believe. So we were all like, damn, we're, we're three in three in a row, and we're playing Phoenix, who has not been doing well recently. We all feel good about ourselves. We're up 10 at halftime, and then I think the Suns started the second half on a 10-0 run. Which was tough to to watch, yeah. Because it, yeah. Fortunately, we were winning by ten when it happened, but you know, didn't didn't go as we wanted it to. Missed a lot of free throws. Nick shot twenty for thirty from the three throw line. That's uh, not good, and it it hurt them. Alfred Payton was good throughout the whole game. And then he did a couple not smart things toward the end of the game when the the game was getting out of reach toward the end of the game it was also just a three-point shooting contest it was it was was fun to watch until the Knicks started missing the Knicks let the other team win that contest so then it got a lot less fun yeah and Aaron Baines was participating for the Suns successfully that that really hurt us dude Uh, he like he bangs threes now he's got like full permission and I think he's shooting really well on the year he ended up two for eight, but I think he missed his last couple. But it was there was there was three possessions in a row that I think ended in Aaron Baines threes, and it was like, is this really what we want NBA basketball <laughs> to look like? Yeah. It on was, the year, he's thirty six percent on four attempts a game. That's hey. pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good for a center. Imagine if Mitch did that, and that was one of the <laughs> things. Mitch, yeah, kind of was kind of getting pulled out by him, and he wasn't really respecting it. So. uh Baines' two, op- two threes that he made were, were open, but I assume the six that he missed were also open. So you just play the percentages at some point and just play. I mean, when I play pickup basketball, I just play. Hopefully he misses defense, and that's what Mitch was doing. At some point they got him. Yeah, exactly. It's just math. <laughs> just, that's just straight math. Uh, Rubio, our guy, ten helpers for them. Um, trying to think what else jumps out from this game. Balake, uh, his second game, he goes for nine points. Um, RJ Barrett, he was in a little bit of a funk. He finishes this game three for 10. What was he in the other game? Cause I feel like there was there. Yeah. He was three for 12 the game before that. So RJ Barrett was going into a little slump. 
Are you are you guys on any RJ Barrett worried front, or do we think like I, for the rest of the season RJ Barrett's going to have days when the ball doesn't go in the bucket? Yeah, I mean, you want him to be a more consistent shooter is my main mm-hmm. concern. It's not a concern so much as it is you should practice that more and get better at uh, it. Especially for the positions he plays. But he did, uh, and we'll get into it, he did bounce back in a big way against the Clippers, so it helps feel a little better about the the two particularly bad games this time. He did have, uh, in the Suns game, he did have that really cool finish um, where he, like, back down, Booker, spun, and was kind of, like, back – facing the basket finger rolled it and then it went in so i and, enjoyed and I enjoyed watching that yeah that, that was what the and one play yeah and i mean 13 minutes for ellie Kobo for the sun so that's always a treat um yeah i i think we can kind of move on it it does suck that we did have the lead and then uh let the suns back in and they win this game kelly Ubrick, uh like he might win most improved player or something. He looks incredible. Good for him. Um, and yeah, Knicks go 10 of 37. Uh, Suns go 10 of 28 from three. You could say that's the difference. Uh, like Greg mentioned, the free throws. And I think that transitions us into the next game just because you felt Mike Breen's soul leave his body for a second uh, when Frank missed his <laughs> and one free throw that would have made it a one possession game at the end. And he just goes, how many times this year have I said if they make this free throw, <laughs> it's a ball game, and they just don't do it? <laughs> and uh, I I feel for you, Mike. I uh, I I owe you a hug because you've watched God, you've watched so much Knicks basketball, man, um, on live TV, nonetheless. I I can't imagine what I would have said in front of that microphone. But uh, we go to the L.A. Clippers. And I mentioned maybe big first quarters is becoming a thing a little bit. 37 in Phoenix, 45 in the first against the L.A. Clippers. Um, Hello, how's your burger? They counter back with 47 in the second of their own. Uh, Knicks try to tighten it up down the stretch. They actually win the fourth quarter, 32 to 21. Win the fourth quarter is a really lame phrase that I don't say in real life, but I mention in the podcast a lot. So I just, I want that to be known, but I think it's a good way to, dis- I think it's a good way to discuss it. Uh, the Knicks fight back a little bit at the end of this game. Uh, and a lot of those were due to Marcus Morris miracle shots at the end. He goes for a 38 burger um, for a team that is supposedly very interested in Marcus Morris. So there's some there's some good Knicks stuff that we don't normally get to say. Like BBD says, R.J. Barrett bounces back, 24 points, uh, six boards, no assists. Don't love that, but uh, one thing at a time here. Nine of 11 from the free throw line. Maybe that's the bigger thing for him. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Clippers uh, – not bearing the lead. Lou Williams couldn't be stopped down this down the stretch at the end. They have three guys go for 30-plus points. Uh, that's not good, uh, as they say in basketball terms. Um, boys, this, this one was kind of fun down the stretch, and uh, we walk away saying, hey, Marcus Morris looked really good in front of the Clippers slash all season. Is is that the takeaway, BBD? I think that's that's got to be the main one. Um just because it is a career-high 38 points for Marcus Morris. Uh, six of seven from three, showing off that that's, like, the thing he got really good at this year. Um, that's got to be the main takeaway. The, the Clippers have been the team most connected to Marcus Morris as well, so that storyline is always fun when uh, a guy performs against a team that uh, might be trading for them. 
Oh, wow. I think we lost we Greg, lost and I just took a bite of a cookie. <laughs> so that's that's a little behind-the-scene podcasting. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's the question I fed you, so you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, they, um, I guess circling a little bit, the on R.J. Barrett's line, and R.J. was the other standout part, he had zero assists, but he had a couple plays that like could have been called assists. He had one like really sick pass to Randall driving to the hoop, but Randall kind of like dropped it on the way and like dribbled it two more times and then laid it up. But like, it was a pretty cool pass. I tweeted it. Um, so yeah, I, th- I'm, I think there were a couple of those. So that messes with that line a little bit. But uh, everything else with him, really good. Especially yeah, and, especially the fir- in the first quarter, his numbers were absurd. I mean, I didn't. I didn't mean it as a, a low blow for Barry. Oh, yeah. I, I think it, it. It's funny. It's just funny going through the box score at the end and seeing, um, you know what what ends up jumping out after the fact, just staring at the numbers. Um, but good for him shooting wise. He bounces back after after we just did that whole spiel. Um, Mitch Rob four or five from the field, uh, but only twenty two minutes, eight points. That's something. I don't know if we're ready for the Kevin Knox conversation. Uh, and, again, mark your timers. I think that was 23 minutes, uh, the first mention of Kevin Knox. So that's that That seems like something that will be a conversation later. Uh, Julius Randle. Uh, did, did you tweet that out, BBD, the Julius Randle com- Kawhi player comparison? Oh, uh, the Kawhi thing. Yeah, well, so that was – I happened to be on the, uh, like, league pass stream early in this one. So the uh, and like the cli- so it was like the Clippers scoreboard that they were like showing, and they put up that comparison of Randall and Kawhi. I'm not sure why they did that because like uh, Kawhi wasn't playing in this game, and like just the numbers they put up didn't make Kawhi look good. But uh, they sh- they uh, they called the slide tail of the tape, and they showed just points, rebounds, and assists per game. It's uh, Randall has 15.7 points to Kawhi's 18. And then in the other two stats, Randall leads. He leads rebounds nine to six and uh, three to two and a half, basically. And it's just like a dream offseason, baby. Better than Kawhi, yeah. just about everything. Only one basket worse than Kawhi Leonard. We got everyone we wanted. Um, yeah, that uh, that got me pretty good. And, and yeah, it, it is funny, again, just box scoring it right now um the free throws as mike breen mentioned as a soul left his body Knicks go 24 of 37 uh 65 rounding up uh the clippers they're a professional team they go 27 of 33 82 percent rounding up uh you mm-hmm. could point to that being the differential both teams shoot over 50 percent from three uh, the Clippers took a few more. Nick shot 57% from the field. This was a high-scoring game. We landed at 135-132. Uh, but you kind of have to be happy with the Knicks offense, and I, I think it's been kind of the reoccurring theme for a little bit, slash uh, a little bit of a theme going forward, is that this was a competitive game. Uh, <laughs> again, it goes back to my theory from a few weeks ago. If you took the best player off everybody else's basketball team, would the Knicks compete with them? And hey, at least now they are. Kawhi sat this one out. Uh, Paul George, seven turnovers. Suck on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Real early. Oh, and and my 
My only on-court complaint, which maybe I'm zooming in too much, maybe I'm not zooming in enough. Um, at the end there, there was a bucket by Lou Williams. He gets switched on to by Randall. He even loses his dribble for a little bit, but he gets right around Randall, gets a bucket, and that was that was the Knicks. If they got a stop there, I think it would have been their first chance to have the ball in a one-possession game. Lou Williams gets that bucket, and it's, I don't know, it's pretty deflating, and it kind of yeah. ended the game. That was the one that it felt like just game over, how we let him get that, to get away with, uh, with like, several almost mistakes in a row there. But Lou yeah, Williams I mean, just turns it on and off so fast. He's it's, awesome, it's man. He's, 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 how old is Lou Williams? Here's a fun game. How old is Lou Williams, David? Uh... Is he 31? I feel like he's either way older or younger than I would think. So he's 33. I, I thought he was going to be 34 or 35, but it's his 14th season in the league. He was one of the last Jeez. high school dudes, but he just gets buckets, man. Uh, 19.2 points per game. That's 31st in the NBA, which, um, hey, I mean, do with that what you want, but it's still pretty incredible for Lou Will. Um and, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the week in Knicks basketball. BBD, let's uh, let's get to some topics, and, I, I mean, I'll kick off to you first. I mean, we, we've got some, some good and the bad. We had the dominant Mitch Rob game, if we want to do a little thing about that. As always, it feels like when I'm hosting, Kevin Knox kind of disappeared this week. Um, and again, it's kind of a shoulder shrug, but I feel like that should be more impactful. Um, Marcus Morris going off. What do you want? Uh, let's 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 just start with Kevin Knox. Start with the the bad and maybe okay, get it out of the way. Somewhat happy. Um, yeah, I mean, this guy pretty often doesn't look like he knows how to play basketball. Just that's my take. Yeah, that's the, that's the full take. I mean, his his stats on the year now, and I okay. How about this, BBD? I I casually mentioned that Lou Williams is averaging almost twenty points per game, thirty first in the NBA. I open young Kevin Knox's page. I mean, he's averaging seven point seven. I know, I know those aren't everything. I know uh, our own Tommy Piccolo would would get mad at me for this, but. I, again, I'm I'm just worried. Um, this is supposed to be, <laughs> I mean, basically it's been our our most recent draft picks are the most important guys on the team. We got R.J. Barrett. His development is the most important. After him, it should be Kevin Knox, and it just does not feel that way right now. Um, and I know we've had all these talks about you know Marcus Morris getting traded. I mean, there's a lot of Knicks fans that don't want that because he's been balling out for us, and I kind of get it. Like, I kind of get it. You want to see that dude on the court. I understand. Um, in theory, if he can net us back um, something important, which I know we've had some jokes about, and we'll, we'll have to deep dive. I don't know if it'll be a side-up at some point. Is like, what can we actually get for Marcus Morris? Because um, it's all over the board. I mean, we talked about who was the point guard that said he was coming back this week? Darren Collison? Was that who it was? Yeah, he's looking to, to come back. Yeah, and I mean, almost certainly Lakers, but he interested in any contender. Yeah, I think I think I instantly it was Lakers and Clippers. I think that was the first tweet. But 
And I mean, well, we're talking about the Clippers that could potentially want him, which I know they play different positions, but it's also this age of basketball where you just need dudes who are ball players and can get buckets. That's how Toronto won the NBA title. Um, I I don't know. I like I'm looking at his last five games now. He hasn't played 20 minutes in any of them. Um, his high point total is six. Yeah. I don't know. I I I've stretch. kind of. I've yeah right like I I've been a little bit on the nervous nervous about Kevin Knox all season and I I feel like there was a couple games there was a couple games early, mid to late December he goes for 10 against Denver 17 against Atlanta 10 at Miami 19 against the Bucks other than that, I mean, there there has not been a lot of stretches besides the first couple games of the year where Kevin Knox has been a real part of this offense. Yeah, he, he gave us those good, like, first couple weeks, and then he put together a good week, you know, two weeks ago that, yeah, I, I completely blacked out. Um, don't recall him playing well at any point, but I guess he, he had those four games in a row with good point totals and and all that and those are kind of saving his season numbers because like i'm just looking at the season comparisons and he's only like five points less in 10 minutes uh fewer per game uh but he's three point shooting is up uh a percent and his like effective field goal rate is uh is up like four percent so like overall i think it's just because of those couple stretches uh not that i've done the deep dive but those are saving a season where other than that, he's been just, just bad. So I, yeah, I, I mean, know what my right, greater point there is, but <laughs> right, right now I've, right now I've got the monthly totals in front of me. And I mean, in November, he's he averaged 6.2 points and two and a half rebounds over uh, 19 minutes in December, 8.1 points, three rebounds over 20.4 minutes in this month. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking three games, 15 minutes per game, four points, uh, five and a half boards. Good for you, Kevin. Um, but I don't know. Again, this is the guy that is supposed to be the second most important asset on this team currently, a guy that coming into the season we were hoping would take a step and show, you know, maybe potential all-star future. And right now, uh, I don't think – I don't think we can say much. Again, I think we've been fingers crossed all years that we do make a couple trades at the deadline. Kevin Knox starts getting, you know, 28 minutes a game and getting 10 shots up, and maybe that'll happen. Um, and maybe he's learning. I think did he? I think he had the New Year's tweet that he was like, "Get ready for the New Year's" or something like that. So that's huge. He, he definitely tweeted something. Don't remember his exact verbiage, but he tweeted something like that. So that's uh, huge. Yeah, I mean. We had talked a lot in the preseason and in that, like, season preview episode about how, like, Kevin Knox, I think I called him, like, if you can unlock Kevin Knox, that opens up a ton of optimism for the future of the franchise. And that hasn't happened yet, but but like you, you alluded to, we move a couple of guys. We have, you know, a glut at the three and four positions, I guess. So you move a few of them, he opens up some more minutes. He knows what his role is actually supposed to be. And maybe he looks a little more like he did during during top parts of last season. You know, he did get rookie of the month one time last year, which is something. Right. No, I mean it's something, and I I think let's let's start spinning this positively into it's to our guy Mitchell Robinson, 
who, you know, Mitch Rob, he, he's averaging 10.5 and, and 7 on the year. Uh, ninth in PER, if you're into uh, a skewed big man stat, which we are right now. So good job, Mitch Rob. Um, but at least Mitch Rob, when he throws out, like his past two games, it, you know, 8, eight 2 and 1, 9, 7 and 3. But that game against Portland, he gives us 22 and 8. And he was just a physical monster. And it's like, yes. Like, we can point to that game and say, there will be more of this in the future. Um, and I guess that's what we're looking for from Noxie. But with Mitra, BBD, I mean, is it is it as simple as, hey, you got to be more aggressive? Or is it, hey, um, you know, we've got a good matchup tonight and things are going to work out more? Or what? What do you want to see more from Mitch Robert? I mean, are we are we all right with what we're seeing? And I I'm pretty content with what I see on the floor for the most part. It's kind of the same thing everyone's always said about Mitch Robert. He just has to be able to stay on the floor. I pr- it's pretty rare that I see him do something out there other than fouling, where I like come away like mad at something he did. He he's capable of doing some pretty cool stuff on the basketball court. He can. He can really embarrass some guys, uh, just mm. the, the way he can get up and down. Uh, so I, I love watching Mitch Robinson, and uh, you know, same story. It's kind of always been if he can just not foul out, uh, we're in good shape. He had a, he had that run a couple weeks ago where he wasn't fouling anymore. Then he he picked up the fouls a bit towards the end of December, and now he's hitting a little bit of a groove where he's finding a little bit of the of the middle ground there. He's got. You know, four fouls a couple nights ago, uh, three fouls against Phoenix. Don't know what he got today. Um, but that Portland game, he showed exactly what he can do if he stays completely out of foul trouble. He fouled once, got to put up 11 shots, made all 11 of them. Uh, a lot of them really cool alley-oops. He can pull in some boards. Uh, we know he's good at blocking. He didn't do it in that game. But, you know, he, he is one of, he has some of the most raw talent I've like ever seen in a player. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. If this <laughs> if this was 1998, we would be freaking out about Mitchell Robinson. Um, and now, I Jakey Monthly stats now, I guess this is my thing, but his minutes per month have gone up each month. That's good. Um, his rebounds, uh, I mean, his rebounds took a big jump last month. Did the blocks go up? Um, no, not including the first month. But he's, and, and he did get nicked up to start yeah. start this season. Um, so, you know, may, maybe there's a little bit of that tied in. I mean, the field goal percentage is pretty off the charts. Um, he's he's going to finish as one of the league leaders there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested, in, and I'll have to kick this back to Tommy, Ken, Greg, and some of the other gang, but it's, it, it's what will make it more. I mean, because, you know, like th- these past two games against the Clippers and Phoenix coming off the big Portland game, he plays 20, 21 minutes and 22 minutes, respectively. He has three fouls in each game. Um, so I wonder, I mean, is it just game flow and there there's some days where he's not the perfect fit? Um, or or is it something else? Because, I mean, when you – I guess if you zoom out and you think about Phoenix and someone like DeAndre Ayton, uh, you think that'd be a guy if Mitch Robb only has three fouls, keep him out there. Or, or even Aaron Baines, like, come on. Um so I, I don't know. I guess that's a little something to watch out for. Uh, yet at the same time, he's averaging in the three games this month, the three games this past week, 24 and a half minutes, which 
is kind of what we expected from Mitch. So I don't know. I guess that's something I need to wrap my head around a little bit. Um, what else, BBD? Oh, I, I guess it's the best topic in Nixland. Marcus Morris is a nut job. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> I that that that's Marcus like the Morris, most man. that's the most sports radio I've ever been. Who is this guy, Marcus Morris? <laughs> um, but dude, a thirty-eight spot tonight. Like we all would have lost that bet coming into the season. <laughs> you told me he like would have ever gotten thirty points. I just said like, wow, that probably happened once, and it was just kind of a weird night. But he's done it. This is his like third thirty-point game this year, putting up and putting up thirty-eight tonight. Uh, the three-point shooting's been insane. The last few years of his career, he's been you know very capable three-point shooter. But I mean, what he's doing this year, he's been the best three-point shooter in basketball, which is not at all what we thought we were getting when he uh, was supposed to be in, with San Antonio and ended up with us. He's not even supposed to be here. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Just literally. Like, um, I, and my mind's really been racing. Like, wh- like. What is going to happen at the deadline with him? What are they going to get? Um, like, what team ends up pushing for him? Because he's kind of, like, the quintessential guy that a contender adds to their roster to just be, like, uh, a playmaker of sorts off the bench and, and give, you know, the defensive effort that he's given his whole career. Um, and, I mean, who who even says off the bench? I mean, we, yeah, he can you know. Start. People have been talking about the Clippers. Mo Harkless has been pretty bad this year. Um, uh, We'll see if anything manifests there. But, yeah, he goes 6 of 7 from 3 today. He was 4 of 8 the game before that. Um, I mean, he's, as I mentioned, Lou Williams. He's 38th in the NBA in points per game, which, again, that that wasn't even offered as a bet that we would have lost before this season. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of everyone thought this was going to be fool's gold through what the month of December or excuse me in November he shoots 56 percent from three on six attempts per game we're like okay this this isn't real life um and I mean those numbers aren't real life but it kind of is he's been balling out um I I guess let's do it now BBD what do you think he's being traded and do we get a package for him I mean I think he's getting traded because it's what I would do, but I guess it's not really the way to gauge the Knicks. Um, but I do think he'll get moved because it, it just makes too much sense to him, even though he does want to be here and he's played well and seems like everyone on the team likes him. I guess I don't know. I'm not on the team, but we haven't heard any rumblings that anyone dislikes him. He's just he, – he's been – all positive as far as being a member of the New York Knicks. I think he's got to be moved just because he is an expiring deal. Um, and, and he has old crazy high value right now. Isn't that kind of funny? Like if we, I made three betting references in my last spiel, but if, if there was something that everyone around the NBA would point to, maybe we have to go dig up some tweets. Cause I'm sure Bill Simmons has a good one out there. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, Marcus Morris was the guy that we kind of thought was going to be a liability coming in. We thought he w- he might get in the way of the offense. He might be problematic for the young guys, et cetera, et cetera. He's got a little bit of a history. No. The dude has he's been this team. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it makes your head spin a little bit, and I'm sure – 
the rest of the league and and some of these GMs that are looking to add a body were saying, yeah, let's let's wait for Marcus Morris to have a couple bad games. Maybe we'll offer them a late second and go from there. Um, I don't know. The the Marcus Morris stuff is very real, and he he is balling out, and it's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm starting to get like greedy on what I'm thinking the Knicks should be like getting for him. And I, I think it's okay to do that at this point. I'm not saying expect it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying expect it because this, this is also a podcast last year where we discussed if we could get a late first for Noah Vonley, um, and spoiler, that did not happen. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to get myself excited for anything. Um, but he's been balling out. If, if he does get flipped, I mean, it, he'd be like one of the, one of the better contracts that the Knicks have put together – in a while. Um, he's a free agent and come back next year if he wants and if the Knicks are are fully going for the playoffs next year, which we think they will be by then. Oh, God. Don't uh, don't even BBD. Just not, don't even. I'm not trying to win anything. Just, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to put that, that evil in the world. Yeah, but, no, it's, it's too early to get that dreamy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've talked myself a little bit, like, back from what I was thinking where – I was thinking, like, oh, man, I was, I was starting to, like, go a little nuts with, like, all right, someone's got to give us kind of, like, a young piece and a first. Hell, maybe another for him. He's expiring. You get the money off the books as well, and he'll help you this year. Um, I backpedaled a little bit because, uh, you know, time passed, and I thought for more than five minutes about it. Uh, but maybe if something comes of, you know, Reggie Bullock's an, uh, a reasonable contract. He's making – as close to nothing as he really could be, and he's looked good. So maybe you you throw him in there uh, as like a cheap add-on. So another team is getting like two good pieces. They can give you a crappy contract back to for salaries, all that, and then you get like a couple nice things back in return, whatever that means, whether that's young talent or uh, or future draft capital. Either way is good with me. Mm. Um, so that's where my mind started going. So I guess, I mean, we've got like. A m- month, right until the deadline, something like that. Um, yeah, so a lot, a lot can go wrong. So hopefully, things start moving soon, and the Knicks do something while Morris is is on the, the highest trade value he's ever really had. And, you know, Portis is trending in the right direction there. His contract's weird though. Um, so hopefully, something good happens soon. But. Yeah, and just uh, a random, totally random Google search I just did. Chris Stapps Porzingis was traded on February 1st last year. I think that's right. Um, Somewhere. So, I, I don't know. So, something to look out for, I suppose. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I Maybe it's still New Year's brain. Maybe it was me thinking Marcus Morris was going to fall out. I, I got to look at the trade pool a little bit more around the league uh, and see what else is out there. Uh, Marcus Morris has been balling out. He deserves nothing but love. Um, and, and BBD, I, I think, you know, Frank had a nice week. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you in a second. If there's any other dudes that, that you want to talk about 10 helpers from Frank in that game, that was beautiful. Um, and playing aggressive. That's isn't, isn't he lovely? Um, and Julius Randall, a name we haven't talked to a lot this episode, um, he uh, and and I saw. I mean, you guys talked about him a lot last episode, so I'll, I I kind of wanted to let it go a little bit. I'm gonna kick it to my dude Mike Miller, man. Um, 
Dude, he is coaching them up, um, and we're we're playing fun basketball, and it's kind of where we opened. And Big Baby David, if you remember, I have Jake's stat of the day. Was that what I called it? I don't even remember. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, uh, you know, in the same area code. Um, yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to look something up. Um, so a I did win loss record. You know, big analytics here. <laughs> um, <laughs> at, as we know, Fizdale was four and eighteen. Uh, Miller, he's six and eight. He was six and six. Couple, couple close losses in there. But either way, um, you know, we know that that's better. The one thing I wanted to look up, because like like we did for a month there or so, was just beg for good basketball. Under Fizdale, we had three losses greater than twenty five points. Three losses greater than. 25 points under Miller zero um so again I know 25 isn't the best number if you lower it to 20 things change a little bit but it's something and I I think it it's not just like okay yes Marcus Morris did go six of seven for three today but we're watching offense I know and if if you guys don't follow him on the Twitter sphere follow Tommy Piccolo because he's got pretty good basketball knowledge on some of this stuff but the Knicks are running a more flowing offense they're spacing better and basically any keyword you hear in NBA circles the Knicks are doing better now uh with their new head coach they are playing like real basketball not getting embarrassed uh which you know all the stats you just said show um and yeah tom's been putting out the good videos showing like they're running real offensive sets and actually coming in with like game plans that (laughs) kind of work and they sometimes like adjust during the game to become foreign concepts to uh to the knicks over the last several years but uh but it's like fun to watch i don't dread watching the Knicks as much as I often do. Wow. Put put that on the tombstone. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and we, uh, I'm interested, you know, I, I say this way too often, but what I stumbled into this episode, the first quarter blitz. Um, you know, we hung the 4-5 on the Clippers in the first, so we put 37, I think, on Phoenix in the first quarter. And I think a little bit of that does tie into game planning and what you're going to run and that kind of thing. So, uh, hey, maybe, again, I'm overreaching with with, uh, Mike Miller. But at the same time, it feels like every day David Fisdale becomes a worse head coach. Yeah, because I I, I was among the people that said, you know, I I, I don't think Fisdale was helping anything. uh, But, like, this isn't really his fault that the Knicks are in a bad position. And to an extent that's true because the front office is still overall a mess, but geez, the more I've watched the Knicks play like competent 500 basketball with Mike Miller, the more it's like, okay, yeah. So Fisdale was brutal, huh? And, uh, and it kind of, it, it sends you down a wormhole as a Knicks fan. I mean, it, it makes you wonder, did they know Fisdale was this bad of a coach? Did um, it, what would it have looked like if we had a full year of Mike Miller? And I, I don't know. I, I said this at the time of the hire that I was somewhat hoping. Well, 
I was hoping Miller would look solid and get the opportunity because he won G League Coach of the Year and it seemed like dudes liked him. And I'm hoping to get a good coach and not a flashy hire necessarily. But, um, oh, man, Leo and Brad just came out for the Golden Globe, so I might be lost for the rest of this. <laughs> um, but, no, it's uh, it, it's been cool to see. And, I mean, I, I think if he continues, I was going to do a 6-8 and eight winning percentage, but... If the Knicks keep playing six and eight ball the rest of the season, whatever that comes out to, I mean, is it almost is it a no brainer he comes back, or are they gonna open it up? I I mean, again, this starts getting scary because we're getting in Knicks executive heads, but <laughs> very um, hard I, heads to predict. Is there anything you could point at right now where if if they keep this up that they shouldn't bring him back? I I don't see a way that I'd be like, I don't see anybody they could bring in. And I guess we don't know who would potentially be available this summer. uh, If they do open up the, the search, but I don't see any way there's somebody else who they bring in. That makes me like more excited than Mike Miller. Um, Even if I think they're good, I think Mike Miller could also be good. And I, I guess we don't, fully known we still got to see what this whole year gets gets to because they can finish right around i don't know 30 wins which i guess is what we thought they'd get at the beginning of the year yeah um, that was that was the original <laughs> over under i bet i bet a lot of guys were counting their vegas ticket and now they aren't <laughs> yeah geez no oh god they were at like a 13 win pace or something when Fisdale was fired, so really, if Mike Miller was here the whole time, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, um, that's, but that's also, like, would I have hole. wanted to make the playoffs? If you told me at the beginning of the year, I probably, would, I think, I said no, I don't want to make the playoffs because I still want to take a chance on the lottery odds. Um, but I would have fine with being competitive, and that's what the Knicks are right now. Oh man, I just saw Gwyneth Paltrow; she still got her fastball. Um, BBD. Any anything else on the Knicks? I, I think I think we covered a lot, and my mouth is starting to hurt a little bit. Um, we've got uh, at the Lake Show at Utah versus New Orleans and versus Miami this week coming up. So uh, we could be saying different things about Coach Mike Miller. This, <laughs> this week could go any way, just realistically. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, um, I guess the Pelicans haven't been great, and we have them at home. That's a Friday night yeah. ESPN game. That's kind of fun. That, uh, is that going to be Zion's debut? I, that like got into my head the other day because I know he did a, like a full practice the other day. I mean, wouldn't it, uh, but wouldn't it no that be said. something? Wouldn't that be something? Um, if you're a Knicks fan, maybe buy a ticket just in case that happens. <laughs> um, uh, and if not, that's a winnable game. So Yeah. It's a winnable uh, game anyway, yeah. I guess. But. that. That's win, win, win. Um, yeah, so we a couple tough ones at L.A., at Utah, and at Utah is a back-to-back, um, which makes the Lakers game almost the more winnable game in, in those two. Um, New Orleans, yup. Miami, I think last I checked, they were third in the East. Um, so, yeah, uh, interesting week in Knicks basketball. Four, four games, three of them look real tough on paper. Um, interested to see how that plays out. BBD, anything for the close? Uh, nah, nah, we're good. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, go follow Big Baby David on the Twitter sphere. Uh, check me out. Check out Talking Knicks. If you've listened to this, leave a five star review. I think we did some really good stuff. Talk about 
two decades of Knicks basketball in one podcast. Um, thank you guys again, Greggy. <laughs> Greggy Poon had some technical errors, so sorry, sorry he dropped off. Uh, we'll get him next time. Um, but hey, thanks for talking Knicks to us, and let's go Knicks. Let's go Knicks. <laughs>